0: up everybody welcome to another episode of the roots rednecks and radicals podcast today we're gonna to learn something new and interesting in the world of americana roots and folk music but before we get to that i want to say a quick reminder to like follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if you're on social media give me a follow if you haven't already i'm on instagram tiktok and facebook just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there all right Let's get to today's episode. Today, we're talking about the album Dookie by Green Day. That came out 30 years ago, February of 1994 is when this album came out and fell in love with it then, still in love with it now, and I wanted to do a kind of... 30-year anniversary album review of this album because it was so fundamental to the pop punk sound of the 1990s into the early 2000s. And uh, Green Day is still still going hard. They just put out a new album. Sounds great and uh, still a cool band and wanted to just do a, a quick review of this. So here you go. I hope you enjoy my review of Dookie. So in this next set, what I wanted to talk about was a well is a album that was put out in 1994, 30 years ago this month, um, uh, the month of February um, is, is the, uh, the 30 year anniversary of the album Dookie by Green Day. And for any Gen Xer. It was in high school at the time. If you went to high school in the nineties, this album was an absolute banger and everybody knew it and everybody listened to it and everybody watched the music videos. And, uh, it was just one of those, those great albums. And it was also just super important as far as, as, as punk rock and pop punk goes. Uh, so many albums that come after it sound just like it. And, really just open up the floodgates on uh, on a whole sound on a whole movement and a whole thing uh that that happened in the 90s and and still continues to this day. So, yeah, we're going to take a look and exploration at this album, we're going to play some songs from it and talk about the songs and why They're so great. The lyrics are great. The sound is great. And why it was such an influential album. So I was 16 years old, a sophomore in high school when this album came out. I had a photography class and there was a girl in there that I thought was cute and she had a Green Day shirt and so I decided to look into them more. And also they were kind of inescapable. You kind of couldn't get away from uh, uh, seeing Green Day on MTV and just hearing them on the radio and stuff like that. But um, uh, from the moment I heard them, I I, I love this band and uh, uh, still really like them today. Around the early 2000s, they started to really become kind of next level popular and that was a bit of a turnoff to me to be honest you know because i was like yeah blink 182 green day whatever there's, there's better punk rock out there i got real sort of you know judgmental indie rock kind of dude out there but you know we all go through that phase um but kind of in the long run of things green day is absolutely fantastic i love these guys i love that they've always kind of stuck to the the, the core of their being uh they come from a pretty small. Uh, a punk community in Berkeley, uh, called Gilman street. And, and, and that club, that punk club ended up influencing, uh, so much of the world of music. Um, so yeah, so they were they were connected to the the um, uh, Gilman Street a um, place. I, I think I'm going to do a show on that. There's a great documentary that I watched in Reno when it came out. There was a, uh, a showing of it, and uh, it, it was great. I've been watching it this week, just kind of refreshing my memory on it. I think I'm going to do a whole episode just based on on that uh, that 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 scene in, in Berkeley, California, because it was so influential in so many different ways. Um, the album came out on Lookout Records, which is a label connected to that venue. It's now run by an organization called the Alternative. Music Foundation. And um, listen to the bands that, that came out of that scene. Green Day, Operation Ivy, and Rancid were all directly connected to that, uh, that, that, that scene. And then other bands, too, it was a place for them to tour, like Fugazi played there, and NoFX played there, and Kennedy's played there. All these, these great punk bands that we know today all um, went through there when they were coming through. The West Coast. Uh, it was started in the mid 80s by punks who wanted to provide a space for bands to play and explore their music. It became this great open artistic thing. It was kind of, sort of connected to the UC Berkeley system. Not directly, there wasn't like a direct connection, but just a lot of uh, uh, cross pollination happening between uh, those two things. And so, whenever you have a space where you allow artistic people to freely explore, you're going to end up with cool stuff, you know? And, and it's kind of one of these weird things because Art, you know, it's like it's it's problematic when you start trying to be an artist for a career because you have to make money, you have to sell your art, and that instantly puts you in the in the marketplace, which is not what art is. And so there's this whole sort of like push and pull to the whole thing. Uh, But when you can um, find a kind of the 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 Goldilocks uh, version of, of of finding some funding creating a space, finding the artists to go there and explore uh, almost a hundred percent of the time. You're going to end up with something super cool. After the album came out, uh, green day exploded in popularity. Uh, you know, they're up there with like the nirvanas of the time period. Um, numerous songs from this album became hits. Their videos were played on MTV relentlessly. And uh, so many pop punk bands followed in their footsteps it had an undeniable influence on tons and tons and tons of nineties punk. So There you go. That's the little intro to the album. For those of us who are, you know, my age and and uh, you know around my age, uh, you, you kind of don't need an intro to that album. You just know every song because uh, it's so phenomenal. But I want to play the top hits for you. For me, anyway, that my favorite songs off of this record. Uh, we're going to listen to "Burnout," "Long View," "Welcome to Paradise," "Basket Case," "When I Come Around," and "Coming Clean." So let's jump into this this first song here, um, "Burnout." A little bit about it. It was the album opener. Uh, not only a great upbeat way to start the album, but it also fits the the theme of the album. You see these lyrics um, kind of forming a theme throughout the songs, and I don't know that he meant to do that necessarily uh, when he was. You know, writing the album. When I think, I think, just kind of the headspace that um, uh, the Billy Joe was in at the time. But uh, this song is a great example of this uh, coming of age theme. There's a lot of that throughout uh, throughout this whole um, record. So yeah, let me um, let me pull up this this first song. So this is Burnout, and uh, this is the first track off the album. Great, great opening to the album. Let's listen to a little bit of it. So that's kind of what I'm talking about with those uh, those themes of uh, of like coming of age. You know, the chorus is "I'm not going, I'm not growing up, I'm just burning out, and I stand in line to walk amongst the dead." Really fits into those thoughts that so many of us have in our, our late teen years, our early twenties, where you're sort of uh, coming of age yourself and you're trying to figure out what life is all about and uh, what do you believe about things and who you are as a person. Um, another line that's great is uh, "Apathy has rained on me, and now I'm feeling like a soggy dream." so close to drowning but i don't mind you know just just ideas like that so uh, yeah let's listen to a little bit more of this one i love this little drum solo drum break coming up here it's great so good yeah and they you know they're a three-piece band but they sound so much bigger than that you know they they don't sound like they're just uh, uh three people playing these songs amazing amazing musicians there we go coming up on the end here So there you go. Yeah, that's Burnout. Great, fast, two minutes and four seconds. Blazing fast punk rock. And uh, like I mentioned before, they're like, you know, this power trio, but all of them. That's the thing, you know. They had um, uh, Kerplunk came out before this, um, uh, a year or two before this, and uh, some of those songs ended up on this album as well. Um, and, and even that album sounds really, really good. This one, just the, the production on it is like way cleaner and, and just pr- very precise and all that. Um, but um, but these guys just kind of come come out blazing, you know. Like the, the they're three piece, but they sound huge. They're super tight. They're super fast. The drummer is just killing it. The guitar sounds rad, um, and and the the overall sound of the album uh, just just becomes a template for for punk rock in the 1990s and um uh, so many of us l- fell in love with punk rock because of green day you know and it, it, they're just undeniable in that way so there you go that's first album opener uh burnout for song off the the album and uh man what a what a great song that is all right next one i want to listen to is Longview. this was a lot of people's first introduction to it because it was their first video um that came out it's super cool it has this um a super memorable bass line uh, that I think is, is, is really awesome. Um, uh, you know, everyone knows the, the bass line from this song. Um, it's kind of sparse, but it has this great build towards the chorus. Um, the lyrics are around boredom, frustration, and an inability to, to self-actualize. Uh, like, you, you know you should be doing more, but you just kind of sit there like a lazy bum watching TV, and uh, you know, you got all this stuff going on. So that's the very, again, coming of age, like, you know, late teens, early 20s, kind of, you're trying to figure out your place in the world and all that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, just just really, really cool uh, sound to this song. So yeah, let's listen to a little bit of Long View. And uh, yeah, I got a few things to say about this one. gotta say for a punk song too it's like such an interesting arrangement you know that the drums just on the toms kind of sounds like you know swing jazz a little bit you know and that walking bass line kind of feels like that too and then this chorus just goes so huge so fast Oh. Yeah, man. And then again, the arrangement just drops back in, right? And it gives you a little space. The guitar just kind of out, and then we go just back to drums and bass. Fantastic. Love it. The video got played on MTV so much. It has this cool, dingy, grungy kind of feel to it, like overexposed film. Uh, kind of gives it that whole vibe. And um, yeah, watch this video a million times. Yeah, it's kind of interesting too. I was I was uh, doing some research into um, the guitar tone uh, of Billy Joe Armstrong, and uh, you know what guitar he plays and what amps he plays and all that kind of stuff. And um, pretty simple setup, uh, but um, what I was finding was watching videos of him and whatnot is that a lot of his sound is is, is based on his his wrist. Like he has this like twitchy kind of weird way of playing. Um, but if you there's this like wow 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 wow. It's not a wah pedal at all, but like, it like has this like. Wow, kind of kind of sound to it, and it's it's totally how he's playing the guitar. And um, when I when I play, I can, I can kind of halfway reproduce it. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like when a person has their own sound, they have their own sound, and I just find that uh, super interesting. The build to this uh, this last chorus too is really really cool. They, they, they extend it, um, uh, do it twice as long as they normally do.
1: Let's listen to that.
0: So there you go, yeah. Long view, man. Great, great song, and uh, they play it live uh, still quite a bit. That's one of the songs that people want to hear because uh, it's just, you know such a classic and whatnot. And, and I love that song as well. So there you go, little bit of long view for you, and uh, that takes us to "Welcome to Paradise." So, "Welcome to Paradise." Um, I have to say, this is this is. This might be my favorite on the album. Uh, to me, it just exemplifies the pop-punk sound. Um, it's kind of like a template for what's to come. The guitar tones, like I mentioned in the last song, are so incredible throughout this whole album. And um, uh, like I mentioned before, it's, it's it's a pretty simple setup. You know, um, He plays a, a Fender Stratocaster that has some uh, high-gain pickups in it and then goes right into a, a Marshall half-stack. And um, has a um, – uh, I, I forget the exact one. And I don't want to – if I start naming names, people are going to email me. Uh, but it has like a JCM 800 sound. Uh, it's a high gain Marshall sound. Um, and if uh, if that isn't the, the the correct amp, then I apologize to all the guitar geeks out there. Uh, but nonetheless, it's. Uh, I used to get way more into guitar geek stuff, and then as I got older, I'm like, gee, just I don't know, plug your guitar into an amp and just play some friggin' music, you know? It's a, you guys get a little ridiculous with this whole thing. And uh, anyway, that's a whole other side note. Um, but uh, yeah, this song is, is, again, coming of age, growing up, moving out of your parents' house and, and, and moving out for the first time. Um, it, it's the format of a, a letter to his mom about moving out to, um, uh, to the city. And living in the slums, as the song develops, he begins to embrace the city uh, with all of its pitfalls. And uh, when I first moved out um, uh, in my late teens, early 20s, I moved to, uh, to Sacramento and uh, ended up living in, in a pretty rough part of Sac-South Sac South um, uh, Sac near Florin Road. If you're familiar with Sacramento, um, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it was cool. I mean, I, I don't mean to like talk down the area at all but just growing up from a small town a rural town in in uh, Car- you know carson city um you know we had like 30 40, people not like tiny tiny town but not not big in any way moving out to you know an, an actual city and, and seeing all the stuff you know getting your truck broken into they smash the window and steal all your cds and stuff like that uh for the first time that was you know pretty eye-opening stuff for me so this this song was kind of like a theme song for me i listened to it a ton when i was living in Sacktown town and uh trying to to figure out what life is is supposed to be so yeah let's get into this song says welcome to paradise i got a few things to say about it so here you go Yeah, so Yes, I'd like to take you through a wasteland I'd like to call my home. Welcome to paradise. Also, um, again production wise and arrangement wise um, especially on the chorus it's great harmonies, um, uh, background BGBs, background vocals happening in the background and um, it has this great like descending line like na it's, it's going down um, but the, the harmonies hold another... Ah! That whole thing, and it just pairs up super well. and makes everything sound like tight and super cool. Here, listen to it again.
1: To the right chair, we'll Welcome to paradise.
0: Yeah, this little breakdown part right here is super cool, too. Guitar fades out. You got the cool bass line happening. Where would they be without this bass player? He's so good. Any bass player that can just, like, hold the song, you know, while the guitar fades out. That's good. That's good. a good. good bass player. And the guitars come back in. You got this great fill. comes back into the chorus. And the chorus, lyrically, is to where he kind of accepts... That he's living there, and, and, and it's not scary to him anymore. He just kind of accepts like what life is going to look like. And uh, the, the, the build of the song kind of plays into that as well. The drummer switches to the bell here on the ride. Yeah, and then just comes in full bore. I love this. So it's not feeling like my home and I'm never going to go. So this is like acceptance, you know, what it is and feeling safer and, and you're kind of uh, acclimating to the climate and all that kind of stuff. Good, good stuff. Skip rock and roll music. Welcome to
1: paradise.
0: All right. There you go. So um, I don't know if you know the reference, but when I say this is good um, rock and roll music, I'm referencing a uh, a, a podcast. Um, uh, you talking YouTube to me, um, uh, Scott Ackerman. Anyway, um, I don't need to explain my dumb jokes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I just, sometimes I say things just, you know, and I'm the only one who gets the reference. So anyway. Next song is uh, Basket Case. This was my first song that I connected to. The video was so cool. They're in like a mental hospital and uh, just the kind of like the costuming looks cool and, and it has a you know the the, the film style, kind of like Longview, has this, this grungy kind of feel to it. Um, I love the harmonies in this song, the intro, um, build up. Uh, to when the band comes in is is just like super awesome and uh, yeah I just love the, the the arrangements and the production on this album uh, breaks there's there's because it's like the music is so like like wah 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 like in your face like ah kind of stuff that when you when you pull it back and you and you drop the guitar out or you drop the bass out or uh, everything just kind of like like pauses for like. Two beats or something like that, and then boom, you jump back in. It gives some some space to the song, and and you need that in punk rock. A lot of punk rock is just, and, and it's cool. This is kind of what I like about it. Like Dead Kennedys, you know, they, there's not like breaks or anything like that. It's just like in your face, like crazy political lyrics, and the guitars are. You know, rocking ah, the whole time. And, um, uh, the arrangement in, in, in all these songs, you could just tell that there's like a lot of thought going into it. It's great songwriting. And, uh, that, that's a cool deal. So yeah, let's get into the song Basket Case here. You know, this song this is a fantastic Do you one.
1: Have the time to listen to me whine about and everything all at once. I am one of those. Melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps. Those harmonies again, right there. Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me.
0: And then it comes blazing right it
1: here. Up. I think I'm up. Am I just and
0: then everything Am drops out again and then comes back in just like
1: boom I went to a shrink to analyze my dreams she says it's like a sex that's bringing me down I went to a whore he said my life's a bore. joke with my whiteness but it's bringing her down sometimes I give myself up.
0: And again, not to just keep harping on this uh, this lyrical theme, but you know, coming of age kind of themes. It's like, you know, I, I think when you're when you're in high school and you're a little bit different, you don't you know play sports, you don't fit into the normal you know high school stuff. You, you feel like this this weirdo. You feel like this alien. You feel like you don't fit in with anyone, and, and no one connects with you. And it's already a time for everyone's feeling like that at some level. Even the like popular kids the you know the wizard kids. And so like, if you're a little strange, if you're a little esoteric, if you're into artistic stuff, you know, that's, you feel crazy, like you're a basket case or something. So I, I love that. I think that's that's cool. And I think that's why it resonated with so many young people at the time. It still resonates with, with people today. It's good.
1: Set it up
0: Yo, basket case i love that in then that (laughs) i can't tell if it's guitar or bass that does that but that's a good sound i love it all right next song is when i come around again the video was played relentlessly the song was all over the place and um and it's just a classic classic tune now a little bit of music theory for you and if you're a musician and you already know this um you know just shut your brain off for a second but um if you're like most people in the world you don't know about this stuff so um, uh, I'm going to talk about something called the one five six four chord progression, and and just stick with me for a second because it's really interesting, actually. So, um, if you're in any key, um, the the the, the um, alphabet, the 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 notes that exist in the world are A B C D E F G, and then the sharps and flats in between. So there's really seven notes, and then half steps in in, in between, and uh, you can ascribe a number to each of those those letters, those 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 chords or those notes. Um, that that exist, And if you're talking about playing guitar, piano and you're playing chords and stuff, um, if you're in the key of D or in the key of C or in the key of G, um, an easy way to figure out the, 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 the chords for a song you're, you're playing is to, to give a number starting with one through seven um, of all the chords. So if you're in C, um, C would be number one. D would be number two um e would be number 3 f would be number 4 g would be number 5 so on and so forth right and uh, and you could do that starting if you start with a you do the same thing if you start with um g you, you know you go g and then start over a, B, C, D, F, G. anyway that's just a quick like um uh, lesson so so when you're talking about chord progressions it doesn't matter what key you're in Every song, um, you can switch keys. You can sw- switch it from the key of G to the key of C to the key of D, and it's the the ratio in between um, the, the 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 notes that matter. And so you have these these templates and whatnot. So, long story short, there's a couple of chord progressions that are just used. Over and over and over and over again. In the blues, uh, it's called the one, four, five. You, if you're in the key, um, of E, you're gonna play E, A, and B. That's one, four, and five. If you're in the key of G, you're gonna play G, C, and D. That's one, four, five. If you're in this key of C, you're gonna play C, F, and G, cause it's one, four, five, right? Just over, it's, 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 it's a pattern that you see over and over again. So much music is patterns, and that's, well, a lot of like mathematical people are into it. I don't know why I suck at math. I'm I'm, I'm good at music, but I suck at math. It's weird. Anyway, um, the one five six four chord progression very 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 common to the point where it's just ridiculous. And there's comedy bits that are out there. If you search up um, uh, on, on YouTube, there's a couple different acts that have um, done different versions of this joke, and it's always funny. Um, you just basically play. A million songs in a row and they, they're all exactly the same song they have different melodies but the chords are the same and every band from aerosmith to u2 taylor swift blink 182 the beatles lady gaga so many bands have used the one five six four um it's with or without you by u2 um if you're thinking about that the bass line um that whole with or without you think of that song that's the one five six four right and so this song, When I Come Around, is a one, five, six, four um, a chord progression. And. Um it, 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 it's cool though, because it's like it, 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 it has the same template, it has the same chords and all that kind of stuff, but it just kind of puts this this great you know, they put their own feel to it, which is, is awesome and um, that's what great bands do with, with something like that. So anyway, enough of the music theory. let's get into the actual music. so yeah, let's listen to uh, when I come around, and i got a few things to say for it So this one, you know, just more pop punk goodness. This little uh, pre-chorus bridge area moving in. I know this is the chorus. But there you go. That's another example of those breaks too. Like, when I come, you know, back into it. Like that's the that's what I'm talking about. Giving a little space and breathing room. things I like about punk rock songs like this is it's very short, and uh, you know, rock and roll music back in like the 50s, like Buddy Holly kind of era and whatnot, they're usually right around two minutes. Between two and two and a half minutes, but more so on the two minute side of things. Old country songs, very short, and a lot of, a lot of these punk rock songs are very short as well, like uh, Burnout was two minutes and four seconds. This song is a couple minutes. Uh, Basket Case is under three minutes. Get your point across. Move on. Right, so there you go that is when i come around by green day one five six four this last one we're gonna listen to is called coming clean and uh, this one wasn't released as a single didn't make any videos for it but um i always loved this song and when i was re-listening to this album i was listening to it and thinking about the fact that um in the 90s billy joe um uh, the lead singer of green day and songwriter um i came out as bisexual and was a time when um that was still not okay you know like when i was in high school um you know up until the 2000s kind of almost until you know uh, gay marriage became legal in like 2012 it was still it's still it's still an issue but like way 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 more socially acceptable today if uh, um, uh, kids can be in in high school they can be um, open um, and out of the closet and not fear um, being beaten up constantly um, because of that and um yeah, it's just like the world changed a lot in, in, in really positive ways and ways that I support and, and I stand up for and, um, uh, you know, consider myself an ally for and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, this song, um, uh, you know, I was listening to it. I was, I was thinking about in retrospect at the time, you know, if you asked me in the nineties, I had no idea what he was talking about, but like now as an adult, I look back on it and I'm like, oh oh yeah 17 strung out on confusion oh yeah like it, it, this is kind of what he was grappling with i think you know at the time and um i just think it's a cool song that they included so um yeah l- listen to the lyrics of it as you're um uh, listen to the song and um i, I think you can interpret it in many many ways and that's what makes a good song lyrically good is that like it doesn't just mean one thing uh it, you know to, to, to one person that you can listen to it and you can you can think about how it applies to your situation in your life and all that kind of stuff so Anyway, um, I love this song Coming Clean. Uh, let's listen to it and then I got a few things to uh, to share with you. Yeah, so I found out what it takes to be a man. Mom and Dad will never understand what's happening to me. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Um, and, and what a time to, to be, you know, in that in that situation. And and uh, society doesn't accept you fully for who you are and all that. And uh, thank God we've we've come so uh, made so much progress on that stuff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of heavy when you think about it in retrospect, like that, and uh, and pretty cool. Also, um, uh, go—they have a new album out, and uh, there's a song called Bobby Socks, and there's a, a video on YouTube. And go do yourself a favor and go watch it um, uh, after my show's done. Um, but <laughs> watch the video; it's it's great because. Um, it just kind of encompasses those themes. You know, he's been an outspoken advocate of the trans community, which is you know under attack um, uh, across the nation. And um, we need to protect trans kids and all that. And, uh, and I just, just the whole thing, man, you, you watch the video and like, I, the you know, what I took away from it was just it was just about positivity and inclusivity, you know, and and what a great message for the world that we live in uh, today. And, and I don't, I don't personally think that that should be controversial. I don't think that should be political. Um, that we should like, you know, welcome everybody. That like we should include everybody. That we should you know embrace people for who they are as a person and all that. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like we should. Really, be seeing that as controversial in any way, but anyway, it can be. So, there uh-huh. you go. All right, so that brings a close to my conversation on the album Dookie. Um, go spend some time with it. It's thirty years old. Uh, whether you got into it as a kid um, in, in in high school, or you know you're younger and you're just listening to it for the first time, or you know wh- whatever the case may be, wherever you're at, go listen to the whole album. It sounds great. Great arrangements. Great harmonies, great guitar playing. The whole thing's great. I love it. Great, great, great. great. I said great too much. No, I'm making fun of myself. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed my breakdown of uh, Green Day's Dookie. And uh, there you go. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.